You're listening to Crosspoint Community Church in LaGrange, Texas podcast. To learn more about Crosspoint Community Church, including service times and how you can connect, please visit crosspointchurchtx.org. There is a interesting, strange phenomenon that occurs in the lives of teenagers around the time. Well, there are a lot of strange phenomena that occur in the lives of teenagers. Um, but history and research have shown that teenagers, as they approach the age of transition between adolescence and adulthood, as they get ready to move from their high school years out into college or a career, or a trade school that they experience a really strange phenomenon called senioritis. And this is not a made up, well, I mean, all words are made up, but it, it's not a made up word in the sense that it's not real. It's actually in the dictionary, I was chagrined to discover. And according to the dictionary, the definition of senioritis is a supposed affliction of students in their final year, or for some years, of high school or college characterized by a decline in motivation or performance. Now, when I was finishing high school, that's maybe a story best told when there's no cameras, so we'll circle back to that later. But nonetheless, we find that many of our students, none of ours, of course, some of our, many of our students experience this as they experience this strange affliction. And, and we laugh, but it's not particular to teenagers, is it? Many of us have experienced this very thing. We disengage from our present while daydreaming of something else to come. And why are we always clamoring for something to come as if today doesn't matter? Why is it so challenging for us to live in the present? This, says the psalmist, this is the day. The Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. But we're more likely, more and more likely to miss what the Lord has made this day for as we look more and more to tomorrow and what it might bring. And we have big dreams and grand ideas, but as Proverbs 27 1 says, don't boast about tomorrow, for you do not even know what a day will bring. And James in the New Testament echoes this exact sentiment when he writes, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a place and spend a year there and trade and make profit. But you don't know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Well, gee, thanks, James. And then he says, Instead, you ought to say if the Lord is willing... We will live here and do this or that. As it is, you boast out of arrogance. And such boasting is evil. So is it wrong to look ahead? Is it evil to make plans? Well, no. Proverbs also says that the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but all who are hasty come to poverty. So we must remember that it's not looking ahead that's arrogant. But to think that we're in charge 
of our lives, of our days, of what all happens around us. And we forget it's God himself that's given us today as a gift and as an opportunity. Tomorrow's not promised. What God warns us about, though, through the scriptures is this boasting about tomorrow or this arrogance that leads us to disregard to disregard today's circumstances. And how formative they are. And everything is formative. In one way or another. This pride of seeing ourselves as being above or beyond the challenges and the opportunities that are before us now in the present. Today. And Jesus himself said, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Every day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. Jesus knew what he was talking about, didn't he? So is Jesus saying never look ahead or don't make plans? No, of course not. Jesus says many things to the contrary. What Jesus is saying here echoes what has already been said and what is a common thread throughout the scriptures. When we give up today in view of tomorrow, our overconcern of what is to come, when it causes us to look past what has already been given to us, we have, in essence, lost the plot. Paul says in Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 17, So then be careful how you live, not as unwise people, but wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Make the most of your time. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And sometimes the will of the Lord is to put us in circumstances that are not ideal for us in order to form something in us, to grow us, to mature us. Because the days are evil, it says, make the most of your time. And we don't have to look very far to know that this is true. Jesus says the enemy comes only to steal to kill and to destroy. And we can see that the culture around us reflects exactly that cause. Earlier I said that everything is formative. And when I say that, I mean that everything that happens to us or happens around us has an impact on our lives. And it helps serve to form us, to make us who and what we are. And we're not necessarily at the mercy of our circumstances. Because we can choose... We have that capability to learn, to choose how to react to the things that happen around us. We see that all through the scriptures. Perhaps nowhere more clearly stated than in James when he says, consider it pure joy when you encounter trials of all kinds. That's counterintuitive. Why, he says, because it is forming something in us. It is making us into something. And so everything that happens around us and to us helps to make us who we are, the homes we grow up in, the things that we experience, the friends that we have. No matter how good or how bad, they serve to make us, in part, who we are. And if we're not careful, we will let the culture around us form our children. We've already abdicated so much 
of our parental and spiritual authority and influence to a world that has only one desire. Defining labels are put on entire generations of people. You've heard them. Boomers, Gen X, Millennials, Gen Z. You know, like you hear certain groups, you go, mm, you know, like, oh, yeah. Because they, these labels, like they have defining characteristics. But that doesn't bind us to those things. That's just an observation of the hallmarks of those generations. How the culture ebbs and flows. But Paul writes to us not to be conformed to the patterns of this world. But to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. By offering ourselves as living sacrifices to him. And our children are not bound inextricably by the norms of this culture. If indeed we together are training them up in the way that they should go. And I'm not talking about teaching them how to behave, which is important. I'm not talking about just teaching them how to behave in certain situations or telling them what to think. I'm talking about helping them discover who and whose they are, what they were made to be, and how to think and how to engage with the world around them. Through the lens of the creator who shaped them and has called them to a purpose and has a future. But that future is now. As a parent and as a student pastor, I see it as my primary task to my children and to your children to prepare them to enter the world. Now, I don't pretend that they don't experience the world at home as children or in junior high or in high school. Of course they do. It's all around us. It's not my job to create a clone of myself or to whip my kids into submission to me for my own arrogant satisfaction. I want my children to be prepared to leave my home and enter confidently into the world as a follower of Jesus. That's my task. That's my job. To steward that opportunity and that immense responsibility. Our children, no matter how mature or how promising or how gifted or how accomplished, are not fully mature yet. In reality, neither are we. Because our maturation, our growth in Christ is not complete until we take our last breath. Our sanctification, our being conformed to the image of the Son, is not complete until we are done. We, I say we, the church at large, for many decades, has been turning our students out into the world with no foundation. With a thin facade that's passionately held on to, but is shallow rooted and has no substance because we have allowed the culture around us to raise our children for us. And we stare dumbly and wonder why our students, our children, are abandoning their faith in record numbers. These children, our children, your children, are not the future of the church. 
They are the church today. Period. If we see our children only as the future of the church, then we will continue the pattern of looking past today and its opportunities and our responsibility to shape them, to develop them, to lead them, and to disciple them. So that they're no longer conformed to the patterns of this world, but instead into the image of Christ. And again, it's not bad to look to the future. It's misguided to look past today to the future. But today's opportunities are many. A proper look to the future will not cause us to abandon our present. Indeed, it should lead us to handle today's opportunities and responsibilities with the utmost care and urgency. And what greater responsibility do we have for our future than the present discipleship of our children? Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we're grateful for the opportunity and the responsibility that we've been given as a church, as parents, as pastors, as neighbors, as brothers and sisters. To train our children up in the way that they should go. God, I pray that you would lead us. You would guide us into that task because it is great and it is beyond our capabilities on our own. God, that you would strengthen this church. That you would raise up men and women and students and children to follow after you. God, that we might make great the name of Christ in all that we do. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Cross Point Community Church Podcast. It is our prayer that this message was encouraging to you as you follow Jesus. For more about Cross Point Community Church, you can find us online at crosspointchurchtx.org. Have a great week.